Welcome to this week's episode of Allen Stocks Podcast, where you learn about stocks, investment strategy, and more. And now, here is your host, Connor Allen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Allen Stocks Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in again this week. There's a couple subjects I wanted to cover today. The first being buying good companies at bad times. The second being buying bad companies at good times. And then we're going to talk about Pinterest and their earnings report that recently came out. And we're going to talk about uh, Pinterest's um, future, future outlooks for that company and that stock. Let's get into buying good companies at bad times. There's quite a few times that you can look at a company and analyze their business model and their future growth. And you see that there is a lot of room for growth in this company and you go and decide to buy their stock. And then for the next year, or maybe it's the next couple months, or maybe it's even a few years, the stock has just kind of stayed flat. And one of the worst things to do is to look at that stock price and determine your decision based solely off the stock price not moving much. Because if you like the business, if you like what they do, and you see potential for um, growth in that company, whether it's revenue or profits or um, new users, then you should definitely hold on to it. Because quite frankly, a lot of the times, if your stock isn't moving the way you want it to and you sell it, that stock's going to start moving the way that you wanted it to before you sold it. And it's just going to be a double knife right in the gut where you're just like, man, I really should have held on to that one. I liked the company. I don't know why I held on to it. Um, one of those companies uh, that I can think about right now is ServiceNow. Um, that was one of the stocks I talked about a couple months ago on uh, this podcast. And basically, brief synopsis of the company is that over 70% of Fortune 500 companies use ServiceNow as their IT servicing. Um, they uh, basically streamline all of their IT services into uh, one, where typically if you were a company um, or a corporation and you had a bunch of different technology um, that you need serviced, um, you would have to go to different companies for every single one. And ServiceNow basically does IT work for all different uh all different types of technology that all these companies have now. Um, so ServiceNow, since I talked about that stock, has not really moved much, um, but it's still a company that I very much love. Um, it is a company that I think is going to do really well in the future. And a lot of times um, what you can see is a lot of people see the future growth and they buy the stock and it inflates the stock price. And then it might take a little bit of time for the numbers to back up what that stock price says it is. Um, so what you can see is, say, um, a company puts out their outlook, or say it's like a three to five year outlook uh, for their business. And all the people listening um, to that outlook are like, wow, that's going to be great. I should definitely invest in their stock. And the stock price bumps up, and then nobody wants to buy anymore because the stock price is so inflated. And I think you can see that a little bit with ServiceNow because it's a great company. Um, it's, it's going to do well in the future. It's got a great business model. And, but the stock price is just really high right now, and I think that makes some investors shy away from it. Um, but when the numbers catch up or more investors are intrigued by what ServiceNow has to offer in the future, I think that the company is going to do uh, really well. Um, and that's why typically when you buy a stock, you should hold it for three to five years and not just buy it and a couple months later wish that, man, 
it, if, if this had just gone up like Tesla, I should have put all my money in Tesla. That was really unfortunate, you know? Um, so that's kind of the idea there with buying good companies at bad times because it happens a lot. Um, but if you hold it from, for three to five years, there's a really good chance that you could see the growth in your stock price that um, would be outlined by the growth in the company. Uh, so you always want to hold your stocks for at least three to five years, um, unless you're a day trader, and you know I do a little bit of that as well. Um, you know, all all good and fun, but definitely not the not the primary way to invest, nor the smart way to invest, um, which I do know. Um, and then there's also buying bad companies at good times. Holy crap, guys! Last week with GameStop. I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's probably one of the craziest things that you've ever seen. Basically, what happened was it was a massive short squeeze on GameStop because a ton of people were shorting the stock. Um, this is just a very brief uh, synopsis of what happened in case you did not know. Um, so a bunch of, bunch of people on hedge funds were shorting GameStop because it's a very obsolete business. And I kind of laugh when I think about some of these hedge fund managers deciding which companies to short because they're like, man, we could short a company like Tesla because it seems really overvalued and it's sure to come down in the next few years. But then they're scared of all the retail investors pumping money into Tesla. And so they're like, okay, let's do something smarter. Let's find the worst, most obsolete business in America and let's short that stock because surely we'll make some money. It won't be a ton, but we'll make a little bit. And so something called the float, which is how many shares are shorted, uh, was about 148% at one time. And basically what that means is for every outstanding share of GameStop stock, there were two and a half shares that were shorted, which is utterly absurd. I don't understand how anyone uh, would make that decision to short the stock after it's over 100% because there's not even enough shares for you to cover your shorts. Um, so that's truly baffling to me how that even happened in the first place. But what happened um, about a month ago was that GameStop hired a company, uh, they, they hired an executive from a company called Chewy. And Chewy was a highly successful company in the past, and so everyone got excited. They were like, okay, sweet. They hired a new guy. The business is going to do great. And what you saw is a brief uptick in the stock price, and then just boom, it rocketed. And that kind of opened a window into um, the uh, vulnerability of GameStop stock because everyone saw this small little short squeeze that just happened in this short window of time. Um, so what happened was a bunch of Reddit users got together on something called Wall Street Bets on Reddit and they all just started pumping up the stock verbally, you know, saying, oh, I love GameStop stock. Everyone buy, everyone buy. There's massive shorts. If we can just short squeeze this stock. And in after hours trading, or maybe it was pre-hours trading, the stock got up to $500 a share, which was up an absurd amount. I can't remember the percentage, but uh, it was, you know, 10x at least. Um, so that was, that was pretty incredible watching that happen last week. Um, and that's a pure example of buying a bad company at a good time because... Is GameStop a good company? No. The only thing they have running for them is that they own all their real estate. And if they could somehow off offer a secondary offering on stock right now, um, which is highly unlikely because of all the stuff that you have to go through with the SEC in order to file that, um, maybe they could make some money from selling new shares at a higher price, but that would automatically dilute the price of the stock right now. So that's not likely um, going to happen. Um, so basically, you know, 
a few of the largest shareholders of GameStop were billionaires for you know a day or two, maybe a week, and now they're back to normal. Um, obviously, the stock price is still really inflated right now, um, but it's it's sure to come down unless somehow uh, these retail investors and Wall Street bets keeps the stock inflated longer than. Um, I or anybody else uh, thought was possible. Um, but it's definitely a strategy that's not going to go away. You saw it with a couple of other um, other stocks, including American Airlines and AMC, both companies that were highly shorted. And then you even saw Wall Street bets get into a little bit of cryptocurrency with Dogecoin. Funny thing about Dogecoin, it was originally created as a meme, and uh, everyone was like... <laughs> You know, let's let's pump some money into Dogecoin. You know, let let's let's inflate that stock price. Let's get it going. And then, you know, I threw a hundred bucks in. I was like, sweet. You know, let's let's try it out. Let's see how Dogecoin does with this Wall Street bet stuff. And sure enough, I made like one hundred and fifty dollars off of a hundred dollars that I put in, and then I sold it. And um, it's just it's funny. It's definitely a fun time to be in the market. And you know, if you were holding the S&P 500 or NASDAQ or Dow or a bunch of these blue chip companies. Last week was probably pretty horrible for your portfolio, but if you were in a little bit on the action, which I dabbled in, um, I did not go full on board. I didn't want to risk my money like that. Basically, I didn't want to lose all my money because that's what I figured would happen if I did that. Um, but it was fun to watch. It was a really interesting time, and honestly, I, I hope that it continues. Um, if some of these brokerage firms continue to shut down on these short squeezes, I don't know how that will continue, but I definitely think that there will be um, some hearing uh, in Congress pretty soon. I think there might already be one scheduled um, for next week uh, where the CEO of Robinhood is going to have to testify before Congress about what happened last week because Robinhood shut down trading of GameStop, AMC, um, Naked, uh, American Airlines, and a bunch of other uh, highly shorted stocks, and they only allowed you to buy like one share of those stocks, or it, it was a very small number for each one. It was different, um, but that's you know that's that's something that I don't think is going to happen a lot. I I think there's going to be plenty of backlash from both sides of um, politics, whether it's Republicans or Democrats. There's going to be plenty of plenty of backlash because it is hurting the little guy, um, and both parties try to. Um, try to pander to the little guy a lot um, through all their politics and their words, and they want to be the party of the small guy. We want um, you to vote for us, and, you know, classic politics. So I don't think we'll be, um, I, I don't think we'll see much of that in the future. I think uh, that shutdown um, that we saw from Robin Hood and TD Ameritrade and Schwab, I think that will go away in the future, and we won't have to deal with that again. At least that is my, that is my hopes. Um, so back to my main point, that's a pure example of buying a bad company at a good time because GameStop is the most obsolete, worst business in America, um, and their stock price went absolutely insane because of, you know, other circumstances that nobody could have predicted. And, you know, you might have the guy saying, dude, I, I bought... I bought $500 of GameStop, or, you know, who knows, I, I bought $5,000 of GameStop last week, and now I've got $100,000, and he's talking like he's some genius, you know, and you're like, okay, dude, that's a bad company, why are you investing in them, just get out, get out, take your money, and go invest in something that is actually going to grow in the next five years, um, because that ain't GameStop, um, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that, and that's why I'm uh, 
quite outspoken on GameStop because it's not a good company. And who knows, maybe I, I'll be proven wrong in like five years and they'll develop some sort of online presence and their company could become something. But right now, um, their business model is absolutely terrible. Um, so get out of GameStop if you're in it, um, please, for your own sake. And uh, let's go on to um, Pinterest because that's what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. It's one of the stocks that uh, I'm invested in, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about them and their recent earnings report that came out today um, and shot their stock price up. I think the highest it got after hours was about 13%. Now it's back down to 8 or 9% up um, at the time of this recording. Uh, but let's talk about their stock a little bit. Their ticker symbol is PINS. They have quadrupled their stock price since the beginning of 2020. It has been a huge winner for me. Um, and an interesting thing about this company is that you have all these social media companies. You have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Pinterest, and they have something called the ARPU, which is the average revenue per user. And if you look at the ARPU for Pinterest, it's significantly below Facebook and Twitter. And Twitter's gotten a lot of backlash and heat um, from their shareholders and that they need to up their ARPU but it's still above Pinterest. And the thing about Twitter is it's a hard thing to monetize. Um, there's not really much room for ads. There's not uh, a ton of room for increased ads. And so um, basically the company has struggled because of that because they can't find new ways to monetize uh, their platform. Well, the same cannot be said about Pinterest. Despite their low ARPU of $3.85 per user compared to Twitter's $4 per user and Facebook's $7 per user, despite that, they have continued to grow their revenue per user since their inception, year in, year out. Um, they're growing it every year, and um, you can see that in their average revenue growth for their entire company. You can see that in their profits that they're uh, increasing every single year. And you can definitely see that. And you can see the investor's enthusiasm this quarter because they had a great quarter. Um, their revenue uh, was up, their profits were up, they beat all the expectations that they had out there. Um, and their potential for growth is much higher than that of Twitter or Facebook because of the international market that they have not broken into. Um, if you're looking at average revenue per user of people outside of the U.S. using Pinterest, it's only 21 cents. So for every person outside of the U.S. that has Pinterest, Pinterest is only getting 21 cents per user. Um, so that's pretty bad. Um, but it just shows that the international market has not been broken into, and that's something that Pinterest has been trying to grow. And this last quarter, it, they've shown that they can. Um, if they continue to outperform expectations and show investors that they're able to increase revenue and profits every quarter, they will inevitably do well. And I think that um, they're a company that is a lot easier to monetize, which is why their stock has done so well this past year is because people have seen that. Um, I'm not a Pinterest user myself. I've been on there a few times. Um, but it definitely is a platform uh, that can be monetizable. Um, I think more so than Twitter, just, um, just from being on both platforms. Basically, social media companies get their money um, from the amount of users they have. And if there's a high demand for that platform, then a lot of advertisers want to be 
on that platform advertising their product. So what Pinterest has shown is that there is a lot of new demand. Um, there's a lot of pent up demand for their product and more advertisers are going to start spending more and more money uh, as more users use Pinterest in the future. Um, you have a company like Twitter whose users are declining and growing and there's no pure line of increased user growth. Um, Pinterest is a little bit of the opposite. Uh, there's more and more users. Basically, the hardest thing for them to do is to get users on the platform in the first place. Once they're there, um, they stay. Um, but it's a matter of getting those initial um, people onto the platform. And I think that's um, their main objective that they have to tackle. And um, it's definitely uh, it's an intriguing stock. It's an intriguing company. And I think that... Um, you know, it might be worth looking into if I were you. Um, so it's it's one stock that I own. So I don't recommend stocks that I don't own. And um, again, like I said, is that you could buy a good company at a bad time. Pinterest is up a lot. And especially if you buy tomorrow, um, the stock price is going to be up because they had a great quarter. And you could even buy it after a great quarter and it's down the next quarter and down the next, the stock price that is down the next quarter, even if they're doing well and they're growing, their stock price could be down because the inflation of their stock price, because so many investors see the potential of this company. And that's something I want to talk about too, is that the idea that you're trying to buy a value company, I think the word um, value has changed immensely over the past decade, two decades. Um, because it used to be, you know, you would find a formula and calculate the P.E. ratio and determine what the growth is going to be and what assets do they have. And you kind of determine, is this company valued correctly? Um, and a lot of people talk about how if the price to earnings is over 50, the company is overvalued. Well, if you went by these rules, then you wouldn't buy a lot of great companies. You wouldn't have bought Amazon. You wouldn't buy, I mean, what's another great company? You would never buy Tesla, obviously. I mean, Tesla's obviously overvalued, but I think that they are uh, they could catch up in the future. Um, don't take that as a stock recommendation. Um, the future of Tesla is very unknown to me. I hold the stock, but um, we'll see where it goes. It'll be a fun ride nonetheless. Um, so the idea of value has changed a lot. Um, so in the next year, I don't know if Pinterest is going to quadruple again. Most likely it will not. Um, it's sitting at about $60 a share right now. Um, let me check that real quick. Pinterest is, oh, it's at $83 now. Sorry, I had that uh, slightly off. Um, so I'm up 100% since I bought them. Um, I did not buy them in early 2020, uh, but they, uh, they've done really well, and um, you might want to think about it. Well, again, um, I want to let you guys know that all of, the, all of the things said in this podcast are for educational purposes only. Um, they are not investment advice. So please do not let what I say be the sole reason that you buy or sell any stock because please look into it because I am not the end-all be-all. You should definitely do your own research to back up whatever I'm saying. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, I hope to be back again soon with some uh, other great content. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe to hear the next great episode on Alan Stocks Podcast. Also, to contact us or learn more, please visit 
allenstocks.com.